And you know, the God of the Bible says that there is a price to pay for serving the Lord. Amen? You know, you got this salvation for nothing, but it wasn't free. <laughs> it wasn't cheap. He said, if you would serve me with all your heart, I'll bless you and I'll provide for you. I'll take care of you. I'll take you to heaven one day. That's the Bible. But he didn't say it wouldn't come without a price. You know, it used to get me upset when I listened to one guy. He said, you know, I, and you know, preachers get me angry sometimes. I'll be honest. I need to repent. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> and I heard one of them. He said, I got a personal prophecy for you. Said, just call and give me your credit card number, and I'll give you your prophecy. Listen, I, I don't want to get to the point where I'm being judgmental. That man ain't even saved. One preacher got up. He said, I have a Rolls Royce. I'm going to give that one to my wife. I want to raise enough money in the congregation to get me one. I don't want to be judgmental, but that many say <laughs> they misuse the things of God. You know, when we learn about the spirit of the, I feel the anointing already, about the spirit of God and how he draws our hearts and how he deals with us. Listen, I had to learn some lessons, but it came through some tough times. See, we don't like to go through correction. We don't like to go through reproof. We don't like to go through Trials? I don't like trials. You like trials? I don't like them. I wish God just let us have it all for nothing. <laughs> but it don't work that way. Amen? There's a price to pay for serving the Lord. I'm not talking about your money. I'm not talking about you. you what, I'm talking about your life. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Where was Jesus going when he was going to Calvary? He was going to die. He was going to die for the sins of the world. You know, I hear people say, I'm taking up somebody else's cross. You don't need to take up some. You take your own cross. A cross is something that is bearing a burden, right? You're bearing a burden that, that, that's costing something, a price. Boy, if we had this picket fence Christianity... Oh, me and my wife and us children, us four no more, little picket fence houses. I mean, it, the sun always shines over it, beautiful flowers growing all over them. You want that kind of Christianity? It don't happen. <laughs> I wish it did, because I'd be the first one to buy the picket fence. Hallelujah. But it's not a picket fence religion. It's a walk with God. That's going to cost you a price. I'm not picking up money today. I don't, I'm not picking up offerings. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen, I'm talking about a life of serving Jesus. It's not going to come easy sometimes. Well, we rejoice when the good times come. Listen, my mama sings that song. I'm up on the mountain. It seems like faith is on top of I'm on the hill, man. Everything looks great. But when you're in a valley, it's where it matters, right? It's where you see where you need God. Why don't God leave me in the mountain sometime? Well, you need to learn some stuff in the valley first. If you're in the valley, praise God, you're going to learn what it is to suffer sometimes. I don't believe the Lord wants everyone, anyone to suffer in this, in this church, praise God, in, in your life. But I know one thing. Through trials, I've learned some hard lessons. 
Till today is what strengthens my faith, what I've, I've learned through my tests and trials. And it's not always easy, praise God. I, I wish it was. I wish we can preach a, a, a Joel Osteen message. Every day's a Friday. <laughs> no, every day's not a Friday. <laughs> I wish. You know, you get that check, you know, every week that after you work, man, you complain about the boss, you complain about the job, you complain about everything, but when that check comes, you, know, you kind of you forget about it, right? You say, oh, man, I got my check today. <laughs> no, it ain't every day's a Friday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn with me to Luke real quick, chapter 14. Let's talk about what it's going to cost you to serve Jesus. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of churches today won't be preaching this because you know why? Because we have to make people feel good where they're at. And believe me, I want you to feel good in your faith. I want you to feel joyful in your faith. I want you to be encouraged and strengthened. That's not the point. But, you know, you think about starting a new job. And somebody says, well, I got a job for you, Chucky. I mean, it's a good job. It pays well. And Chucky said, well, that's what I need. But when you get there, they say, the first thing you got to do is clean out the septic tank or dig that ditch. Come on. You got to work in cold temperatures. Yeah, it might pay good, but it's a price. To... <laughs> You're going to pay. Have to pay to keep that job. You got to pay. I said, I don't, like, I don't want no ditch digging job, but if that's what it takes to raise my family, praise God, well, that's what's going to happen. Man, I remember when I was working at the state, listen, everybody complaining about making, listen, I made, what is it, $295 every two weeks. Think about that. <laughs> and that was in the 80s. But I fed my family. I paid my tithes. I came to church. My family never liked <laughs> See, it's not how much you make. <laughs> so much you can serve and, and think about what you have. See, we, we spend money so freely now, that we don't think about what's coming tomorrow. So we're not counting the costs. We're not stopping and saying, tomorrow I got this to take care of, or next week or next month. I know some people, man, they get a lot of money, they go nuts. In a week, they're begging for money. Come on. You know, I know a guy that got hurt, and he collected a half a million dollars. That boy never had to work a day in his life, looks like. Went on a job maybe for a month, and he, he got hurt. Now he, got, he went crazy, man. He spent that money like a, a bat out of hell. Now he don't have anything. You ought to see his yard. The place he bought, it's like a junkyard. A pretty little house at one time, pretty little corny. You know what I'm talking about, Jen. I don't want to name names, but he, all of a sudden, it looks like a pile of junk. Because he never respected, he just got the money. He didn't earn the money. You get where I'm coming from? He didn't have to sweat for it. Listen, if you work for it, you're going to respect it. If you, listen, I heard uh, uh, somebody, I was, I was on a job, and and a, a guy came by me and says, I, I could tell you voted for Trump. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. So you got a business. I said, let me tell you something. Trump didn't give me this business. <laughs> me and my wife had to work hard for this business. We had to work for it. Nobody gave it to us. God gave it to us. He kind of got quiet after that. <laughs> Listen, if you got to work for something, it's more valuable. You get what I'm saying? Now, 
if, if you came to church today and I said, listen, how many of you got dead in this, this, this church? God's going to pay all your debt off today. And all of a sudden it falls right at your lap. Somebody comes, oh man, this Christianity is fun. And all of a sudden you're going to be taking and taking and taking and taking and not giving, right? Because you have no respect for what God gave you. I wish it would happen. Like I don't. There's a lot of times me and my wife had to deal with, do it out. I wish, I wish it wasn't true. We got to budget and balance every nickel. You know why? Because we have to respect what we have while we have it. Because it costs us something. And I feel the same way for you. I mean, if you have something today, you didn't come. Nobody came and dropped it at your feet. Nobody, had, nobody came and dropped. Listen, you had to get out there and earn it. If you want real faith, it's going to cost you something. Come on, somebody. You want me to preach to you tomorrow? <laughs> okay. All right, let me turn. What did I say? Luke chapter 14. I'm going to start there this morning. I'm going to keep you too long. I want you to leave with something this morning, praise God. If you come to church and you don't leave with anything, then, then what use is it, right? God wants us to leave with something. We live in a very selfish world. Very, very selfish world. Me and Boogie was watching some historical stuff. These Hollywood movie stars, seriously. And, and they, they, they got everything it takes. They got money and fame. and I mean, some of them married six times, seven times. And it seems like they got the ideal life. But 80, 90%, I'm not lying. You got to study this stuff. I study because I, I want to see how people live good with, with, with all the money in the world. Some of them are committing suicide. Most of them are dying young. They've sold themselves over to Satan. Boy, if I had that money and I had everything I needed, man, it would be a whole lot better. No, it might not be a whole lot better. You know why I'm not a millionaire today? Because I don't know how to handle a million dollars. Right? If God knew I could take it and do what was right with it, I would, listen, keep the million if it's going to take my faith away. But if I'm not going to work for that million... And it surprises me. You, you, you'd be amazed. Heart attacks. Dying before they're 50, a lot of them. I mean, they, they, their lives, would, they have everything. Why did why they commit suicide? Why did someone drug addictions? I mean, die of overdoses. And, I mean, you'd be surprised. About 80, man, I was, I was looking at that stuff. Because it, 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 you see, and I study that because I don't want to know. What does history prove about having everything? Do you know that if you have faith in God, you're the richest person on this planet? And listen, I, I, I sat, just like I told my testimony a while ago, when, when I couldn't use the bathroom yesterday, it was, it was hard. And I was worried. I said, man, I, what's wrong with me? But when I prayed a few seconds later, I was healed. God freed me of my, my infirmity. Money didn't do that. Men didn't do that. God did that. And I learned something. And you act in your, your, your faith. Is, you got to activate your faith. And that's what i done. I just sat down. I said, Lord, I need you to heal me. In a few seconds, I was healed. Now, it might not happen all the time, but it happened to me. I mean, just re heal. 
Janice is talking about it. We have to go get a checkup. And she wants to say, something wrong with you. We didn't have kidney uh, problems already. We got uh, kidney stones and stuff like that. I know what it feels like. But I didn't go to the doctor. I'm not against doctors. Talk to Jesus. <laughs> and look, and then seriously, you get scared when that happens. I mean, you got to You got to use the restroom. Something's got to blow up somewhere if you don't. But God healed me. But let me go on to verses uh, 28, I want to say. Uh, now, we're living in a time where, we, like I said, we're in a selfish, selfish world. Selfish. And we don't, listen, the world today, look, that's the reason why we have a national debt we have today. Because we feed, we give, pay a bunch of people to do nothing. Right? We give them money to sit at their house. They can roam the street, push drugs, push prostitutes. A lot of things that are going on in these welfare villages. And I hate to call it, that's what it is. I've driven down those places. I've, I've worked in those roads. I've seen these, the people. Young people wasting their lives on government subsidies. Now, if you need help, I'm not against that. Seriously, that's not what I'm talking about. But making it a career is another thing. People don't know what it takes anymore. They just think that everything is given to them. There's no, one of these days, something's, the money's going to run out somewhere. You know? It's easy to sit at home and get, I got angry. I was watching the internet one day, and they had a lady. She must have been 350 pounds, maybe 400 pounds. She's sitting on her blessed assurance, and they're interviewing her. <laughs> I listen, I got so upset. He said, ma'am, the man asked him, he said, don't you feel bad at what you're doing? He said, if somebody's going to give you free money, you won't you take it? She said, I can sit here, smoke marijuana, watch the soap operas, and have everything free. Why should I work? Look, God help me, and I'm a Christian. Somebody should have took her behind a shed somewhere and really showed her her lesson. Dirty bum. I mean, I hate to call it. That's why I, I said, how could you sit there when people are working that you can sit there and smoke marijuana? There are people out there earning money, making a living, so you can lift, sit your bonhonky there? Lord God, help me. How many of people are just like that? You know, we have, and that's what I'm saying. There's no cost. The, 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 the Bible says you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Our government says you don't work, we're going to feed you. Totally opposite. I didn't agree with a lot of Bill Clinton's thing, but one thing he did right. Back in when he got in office, he put the welfare to work system in place. And they said, listen, you can live on welfare, but you're going to have to go to work. That's the only thing he ever done that I agree with. But it was a good thing because there, was a, there had a lot of people in there that believed in that. They wanted to see that happen. Obama said when he got in office, uh, avoid that. And look where we are today. Now, getting back, I just want you to think about your fate now. Okay? Because there's nothing that's valuable that you won't get for earning it. It's going to cost you something, right? Jesus said like this, and, and listen. Verse 28. For which of you, intending to, to, to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost? Now, I'll stop a minute. You sit there, 
a person that's building a new house, for example. He has to sit with his family, his wife, his husband, and they have to sit there and say, listen, we want this house, okay? But we have to figure out if it's feasible that we can build this thing and not be in debt. See, that's, that's the right thing to do, right? You got to go and find a banker. You got to find a contractor. You got to find everybody else that can help you make this dream come to, to pass, right? You don't sit there and say, I'm just going to build a house. Baby, get the checkbook out. Let's go find wood and lumber. Let's build this thing. And it don't happen. It takes planning. It takes organization. It takes people coming together to make this dream happen, right? But it's the same thing with our faith. We don't sit down and first count the cost. We're going to fail. If you're looking for an easy ride ride in this Christianity, you can forget it. I wish it was easy. (laughs) Listen, I want to encourage you. That you see, if, you, if you're going into this thing looking that Jesus is going to solve all your problems and you never have a problem again in your life, forget it. Jesus says it's impossible that tribulation will not come. But warn to them by whom the tribulation... Listen, there's a devil out there. And he's going to try to do everything to wreck your faith. But if you're not willing to count the cost, what is it, co- what is it, what is it going to cost you to serve Jesus? What is it going to cost you to walk with the Lord? In money, nothing. But in life, everything. You better sit down and you better count the costs. I don't want you to come to this church and think that everything's free. This faith is free. It's not free. You have to leave this building and act. you got to act upon what you heard this morning. You're going to have to say, God, I realize where, where I'm at. I realize who I'm serving. I realize the price is going to cost me. I'm going to say, yes, and listen, listen to me good. I try to do everything in the balance. It's going to take you everything. It's going to take your life, everything in your life. Because when you got born again, things started changing, right? If it didn't, well, you need to get born again. When you got born again, your life started changing. Everything about what you feel and thought and the direction you was going was different. I like to illustrate, I guess, when I got born again, I had a pair of blindfolds on. And when I took them off, I said, I can't believe that was sin. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I went there. I can't believe I said this. It's the Holy Spirit comes in and enlightens you. So, okay, Lenny, you saw all that, but what are you going to do about it? I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I went back to the other day when Mary, Jesus' mother, said, whatever he says, do it. That's when he turned the water into wine. Some of you know the story I'm talking about. But that was, a, that, was a, that was the only commandment in the whole Bible Mary ever gave. Whatever he says, do it. Okay. For our Catholic friends that want to pray to Mary. <laughs> well, why don't you do what Mary said? Mary said, do what he says. See, to do what he says, it's going to cost you something because you're not going to have a lot of friends. Nobody's going to knock at your door and say, let's have a party, Lanny, or whatever. You're not going to draw the, the fly, so to speak, because when you get born again, you become separated. Oh, mother. <laughs> Come on. Be separated for the, the Lord said, for I, I will be your God and you shall be my people. Come out from among them. I'm going to ask you a personal, no, personal question. But I'm going to ask you a question. How many want to pay a price to serve Jesus? I mean, seriously, honestly. You don't have to raise your hand because you're still wrestling maybe some of you with that. But inside, 
Do you realize what God is requiring of us? He says, I'll save you. When you're going to get to heaven, <laughs> and you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, you're going to think about all them sacrifices. It's going to seem like nothing. Because you know that's what got you here or got you there, right? You're going to know this is like nothing. I mean, I can't believe I fussed about obeying God that way. You're going to say, well, look, I'm here. I'm here with the Lord. I don't have a problem in this in, in, forever. Eternity. I could just rejoice and, and rejoice in every, the peace of God and never to have a, see a, 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 no more trouble. But it comes by committing yourself to the Lord. You're saved by grace through faith. You're justified by what he did at the cross. But that's, that's where it starts. Doing, doing good things is not the thing that saves you. You do good things because you're saved, right? You obey God because you're saved. And you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When I've disobeyed God in my life, I've been a miserable creature. Listen, I remember, listen, I was a young Christian. Come back home, I... Man, I, I was about as far from God's spirit and east is from the west. I'd come back home. I, Jans was at home with the kids. It was small. I was cranky. The whole house felt it. Come on. You ever got... <laughs> Chucky, what you laughing at? <laughs> the whole house feels it. Seriously. I mean, why could be home singing all day, worshiping God, and there comes that grumpy old, old monkey? <laughs> Oh, Lord. It's like the Spirit. The Spirit of God just jumped out the window. <laughs> How many times that happened? Seriously. I remember, and I told this story before, but it's true. You know what I'm saying? God, listen, Janice, and I, I told Lindy story, but I'm going to say it again for the sake of what I'm, listen, I am not always a happy person. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ballad. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> uh, listen, one time I got up, Janice was hurt, her feet were hurting. And, and, you know, me with my bossy self, you know, I said, I got up, I was going to work. I said, Janice, I want a ham sandwich, an egg sandwich. And she couldn't get up, her feet were hurting. And I got mad, man. Got the toast out. Put the, t put the, put the, the bread, I find my own egg. And you look out, look out. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, you big dummy. Listen, listen. And, and listen, he's dealing with me a lot. And I'm trying to, but yeah, but she should have cooked that egg. She should have got up and served me. She should have done all that stuff. And once I get, and I'm, she's sleeping in the bed, and she poor thing. I made her feel bad enough already. I went by the door and I opened it. And yeah, this really happened. I said, "I'm sorry," and I climbed the door back. <laughs> hey, it's funny, enough, but that really happened. Then, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm in my, I get in my truck to go to work, and I'm trying to sing. It didn't help. <laughs> I, I was singing "Amazing Grace." Couldn't, couldn't. <laughs> How great thou art. <laughs> Nothing would have helped. <laughs> then I got to work and man, the Holy Ghost was really on me. Boy, you just let me have it. Watch. I got the phone. I picked up Janice and this is what I told her. Jan, I love you. I'm sorry. And look, the Spirit of God came back. No, it's true. You know, 
You know, you let the flesh get in the way, you ain't going to accomplish anything. And those lessons like that you learn, I, I don't, I don't want to ever tell her when your feet are hurt, she can't she's go make me exam. I never told her that ever again, I don't think. Yeah, I rub them. <laughs> but, you know, you, <laughs> I got a good wife. Why would I want to ruin that, right? 41, uh, oh, it's back. <laughs> Wait, how much? 40, <laughs> almost 41. 41 years. She was so blessed by having, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> 41 years of marriage. Got married at 18 years old. Imagine that. Bunch of little babies. And it'd be stupid of me. Now stop and think about for me to go get in a, in a fornicated and adulterous affair with somebody and ruin 41 years of marriage. How stupid is that? People don't stop and think about that. Don't you know what you're doing when you sin in against God and you get your wife or your husband? I had to learn that. I had to learn that and I had to learn it. God had to teach it to me. And you know, I, I, I hold it today. It's part of my, what I believe, okay? But it causes something, amen? And that's not a big price. It's just my pride that got hurt when God said, you, you dummy. But it's the lessons that we learn as we go. Listen, it's not always about us. Right? It causes to love other people. It causes to reach out to other people. It causes to put yourself aside, become a servant. Jesus reminded his disciples, he said, when he washed his feet, he said, now do it for one another. Because you know why? It's because I, I, the life, he said, there's one part in the Bible that says, he told his disciples, one would see would be the greatest one. You ever read that? They, they thought Jesus was going to take over the earth. Now. And they wanted to sit with him in high power, you know, knock down the Roman government. And, and Jesus was going to, but that's not what he had in mind. But he said, he that's least among you shall be the greater. You that's great among you shall be the servant of the rest. Come on, somebody. So if you, if you want to be great, you better get that towel out, brother, and start washing feet. Serving others, Right? I'm not going to keep it too long this morning. <laughs> just, let, let, let me get this off my chest, okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously. It, there's a price to serve the Lord. If you don't count the cost before you begin, verse 29, unless after he has laid the foundation, Ray, and is not, a, and is not able to finish it, people laugh at him. And says, not able to finish it, or who see it begin to mock Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. No, I, I, I've been serving the Lord almost 30-something years. Really? Huh? 39 years. And people saw me come to church. They saw me and my wife walk with the Lord. What if I backslide on God tomorrow? And he, people look at me and say, this man started something he can't finish. He talked about God, but look, he's living like the world. You got to count the cost. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? You got to count the cost if you go on to build. Because if you don't finish what you start, the world's going to mock you. Right? They're going to laugh at you and say you're nothing but a hypocrite. You couldn't finish what you said, what you, what you told everybody else to do. Jesus rebuked the lawyers and the Pharisees in his day. He says, he says you, you go compass land and sea to make one proselyte. When you make him, you make him too far more of a child of hell than yourself. And what he meant by that, 
All you're trying to do is make somebody look like you. You're trying to make them act like you and dress like you and, look and, and talk like you. He said sometimes you go to a cemetery. And he talked about the whitest captures. They, they appear beautiful on the outside, but inside they're nothing but dead men's bones. You ever go and walk through a good cemetery that's kept up? That's the most peaceful place. <laughs> Nobody's arguing with nobody. Next door neighbors are getting along. <laughs> nobody, nobody's hollering at their children. You know why? They're all dead. <laughs> What's inside of these captures? Rotten, dead bones. And he looks at faith that way. We can say we have all the faith in the world. And the Pharisees claim to have all the counsel of God. Jesus called them hypocrites. So you appear as beautiful white walled sculptures or graves, but inside you're nothing but dead men's bones. See, they didn't have to worry. They had their religion set up. They were sitting on, on, on the high seats in the synagogue. They were, they were getting the praise of the people. They were, they were getting the money from the, from the offerings and tithes that were coming in. They were just sitting, walking around, looking like, you know. But Jesus said, you're dead. Come on, somebody. If you ain't dead, you ain't saved. <laughs> now, I'm not using that in the sense that you have to die to who you are. Listen, you can go to a funeral home. I'm going to get that back on. <laughs> You're looking in the casket. You can curse that man to his face. A woman? He ain't going to say one thing. If he does, you better run. <laughs> <laughs> You can call him names or her names. You can. You can. You can. You listen. Lay it out. I remember a story. <laughs> there are two guys that borrowed a million dollars from a man. He loaned him, you know, each a, <laughs> a million dollars. And the man died and they never paid him. And one of them said, I did. <laughs> so when I went to his casket, I wrote a check and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not going to cash it <laughs> oh, let me go on something else. <laughs> if he did what was right he should have paid him before he died <laughs> listen we are living in a life with the Lord that's going to cost you something right he says I'm going to finish reading this okay he said, if you, have, if you start building and you don't finish, some, they're going to mock you. Saying, this man has built, in verse 30, began to build and was not able to finish it. A white king going out to make war against another does not sit down first and consider whether he's with 10,000 is to meet him who comes against him with 20,000, right? So if a war is taking place, a battle is taking place, you, if you don't have the right amount of... Forces, you got to figure out how to win this war with what you got, right? So you don't sit there and say, well, we're just going to go in there and let's see what happens. You got to really think about whether you're going to win this thing or not. And you got to consider how to win it with less men than the, the enemy has, right? Let me tell you something. The devil has more against you than you can provide against him. You have Jesus. That makes you the majority. See? 
Satan will come with everything you got. He'll throw everything at you as possible. But you got to stand with one thing, and that's Jesus. And the faith you have in the Lord. That's the only way you're going to overcome. That's the only thing you're going to, well, if I can only do this, and well, if I can only do this. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's best just to sit there and believe God, right? Sometimes it's just to stay there and trust the Lord. Because you cannot take the devil one on one by yourself. He'll destroy you. God has given us the battle, the weapon, and that's Jesus. Amen? We have to constantly, when you're facing a trial and tribulation, you've got to constantly go back to that word and say, God, what do you say? What do you promise? How do, you, how do I win this thing? And you've got to sit there and figure out what you got. You don't sit there and say, I'm going, I'll, I'll put the, de- the devil will wipe you off this planet if you don't sit down and consider the battle you're fixing to take, the war you're fixing to fight. And the only way you're going to fight that, y'all listen to me, it's how much you know about the Lord, how much you know about His promises, how much you know with the weapons He's given you. I preached a message years ago about being a good soldier. You never see a soldier. They've got to take him off the street and put him on the battlefield. Not in America. What did they do? They put him through boot camp. If he was a wimp before, he's not going to be a wimp when he comes out because they're going to beat every rebellion out of him. That's what they're going to do. They're going to prepare him. They're going to teach him how to use his, his weapons. He can take that weapon, that gun apart blindfolded if he wants to. When he's going to get ready, after three months of basic training, he's ready. Come on. You don't, and you know what? He don't, he, it's just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't back talk to him. Some of them sergeants and them generals, man, they, they'll, they'll wipe, they'll clean your clock, man. <laughs> They're tough, man. But you're not going to get a boy off the street that's never did anything and say, go fight. He's got to prepare. And it costs us something to win a war. Right? It costs us something to fight a battle. Are you ready to fight? You ready to pay that? <laughs> Listen, honestly, I'm getting to the point. My life really don't matter. The only thing that my life matters is to take care of my wife, minister in this church, and, and do the work of the Lord. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not impressed with society. I don't really look to see what society, good society is going to give me. Because when ungodly men rule, we're going to have trouble. We, we get discouraged about the government we have right now. These people don't know God. And I told Daddy, don't expect them to do anything right or godly when they're lost. You know what I'm saying? See, Satan can... God puts the king in his hand. God leads him where he wants to be. Look how hard-headed Pharaoh was. That was about a, listen, I, couldn't, I can see a man, he's looking at a Red Sea being parted by God, and you send your troops, and then you know, you, how stupid, how blind spiritually this man was. You're sending men to battle, that's, you know, <laughs> you've lost everyone. You can't fight God, Right? Okay. You're quiet this morning. That's good. Y'all listen. <laughs> okay, verse 32. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a, a delegation or an ambassador or some. Let's talk about peace. Hmm? Let's talk about peace. Let's see, let's see if we can come to some kind of agreement. And acts conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever... Of you does not forsake all that he has, cannot be my disciple. 
Now, that's a strong statement. You know who says that? Jesus. If you're not going to forsake this life, you're not going to separate yourself from the things of this world, you cannot be my disciple. Listen, I talk to people every day, yo, seriously. I, that, yesterday, me and Jan went in the store to get some stuff for gumbo. And there were three young ladies around the counter. And we started talking. One little girl, lady said, well, I'm fixing to get married. I said, Do you, you, are you, is he the right one? She said, I hope so. I looked at my wife. I said, I, that lady there, I want to give 10 Miss Americas for her. You know why? Because she stuck with me when I was going through the things. I said, I gave, we gave our life to Jesus. And in front of the <laughs> I said, he changed our lives, Sister Kathy. He, he changed our life. We wouldn't be here if it wouldn't have been for Jesus. That's exactly what I told him. What? And you know what? I left something in hope in their mind that may, this is real. 41 years of marriage? One wife? <laughs> how, how? Listen, you got people in, in, in church that are getting divorced neck and neck with the world right now. Preachers got two, three wives. Come on, somebody. One preacher that wrote uh, years ago how God gave him a permission to get a divorce. Uh, that ain't my Bible. If his wife wasn't committing adultery, the only thing, you know, she, he, she died. And I said, well, well, why are you going to write? But, you know, millions of people, listen to people like that, thousands of men, say millions. But, you know, and I said, how in the world could you justify that? You're sitting there as a preacher, and you're saying God's giving you permission to do something he, that the Word of God contradicts? It, it won't happen. It just won't happen. Listen, me and Sister Janice, we don't always have a glorious fellowship. <laughs> Sometimes it's intense, right? Intense fellowship. And you know what? It don't take long. I thank God for that. We learn that. It don't take long for us to say, I'm sorry. Because sometimes we're just plain stupid. Right? Yep. Flapping at the jaws, trying to get back. I want to get the last word, woman. I'm going to get the last word, man. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who's going to get the last word. The Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Big dummy. My two slices of bread and my eggs. <laughs> Don't start this value. You're going to make me crack up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let her have it. Long time she's needed that. Oh, Lord, how stupid things I've done. Oh, I've gotten better. I think I did. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, my wife. <laughs> let me preach stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know my wife loves me with all her heart, Ray. She don't like me sometimes, but she still loves me. <laughs> all right. Let me go before I get in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Let me read you something. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase. If you want to write them down, that's fine. Philippians 3, verse 8 through 9 says, Count all things but loss. Paul's saying that. Count everything lost for the excellent knowledge of, of, of Christ. 
So what does he mean by count all things lost? Everything in this life is useless. It's worthless. Count it as lost if you're going to serve me. Because you can't see things the way you used to see it, right? You can't look at life the same way. You have to look at it through the eyes of Christ. Christ don't go to the honky-tonks. Christ don't follow the ways of the world. Christ don't do a lot of things. Actually, would Christ do what I'm, what I'm doing? So count that all as lost. Paul said, forgetting those things behind you and pressing forward for those things that are ahead. Press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What are we going to do? We've got to press forward. In what? In what Jesus has taught us. You know, I can't argue with God. Because if, if God says, Lanny, that ain't right. Well, let me tell you, Lord, you, you, you just don't know what he or she did. I don't care. It ain't right. Look at the time I was working with the highway department. And, and there was a man, boy, he, <laughs> listen, I was a little, he, I was preaching the gospel, okay? And, and I was talking about the Lord, and he got me mad. Boy, I got third time around a post, he was so, but just an ornery, arrogant little peep squeak. And, you know, I got mad at him. I was a farmer. I, I got mad at him, and the Holy Ghost said, you go apologize to him. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that you, Lord? <laughs> listen. Listen. And, and, and listen. I, oh, you talk about hurt. Oh. Oh, you hurt bad. And then I said, okay, Lord. I'm going to go. I think I went to him. I said, I said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You know what he told me? I don't care about that. Like it was nothing. I don't care. I don't care. That's all he told me. I said, I should have tied him around the pool. <laughs> Look. And, and he did it. I got mad at him again. It happened a couple of times. And the Lord said, every time, go apologize to him. So I do it. I do it. And you know, when I left the highway department, this really happened. This is a true, honest to God story. I found out he was dying. And man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I called him. You know what he told me? He said, Lanny, I never met those things I said about you. I said, man, what if I wouldn't have gone back and said, I'm sorry? It don't make sense to the natural, the natural man. One, one man that I was learning how to run a motor grader. I never used teaching me. And an ornery, oh, man, listen, you meet ornery people in the world. And he was, he, and you know what? And I, I, all I said was this. I said, well, the Lord's going to help me run this machine. You know what he told me? The Lord ain't going to come down and do it for you. I said, ooh. <laughs> I said, and I got off, and I, st- I got mad at him. I really did. And, and, all, and I was trying to be Christian. I was trying to mention the Lord. Then I went back, and I got in his face, and I, I started. Lord said, go apologize. And you know, I didn't do it right away. Sister Kathy, Brother Mike's the one who told me, he said, Lanny, as much as lied in you, live peaceable with all men. I, why you had to tell me that? <laughs> I come and I, I explained to Brother Mike what had happened. He'd always mess my life up that way. <laughs> look, look. And you know what? I was bold, man. I went to work. He read, I grabbed that man. Man, I'm so sorry, man. Forgive me. <laughs> hey, look, he looked at me like I was a nut. <laughs> but 
you know, you're going to have to make that pride. That pride is going to have to. You can't take pride with you in your faith. I could say I, I, was, I wasn't wrong. I tell him the Lord's going to help me. But my, my spirit got out of, got into the flesh. Right? And that's not what Jesus would have done. Hallelujah. I'm telling myself this morning. <laughs> but it's true. I saw more testimony in obedience and walking that way than, because these people knew I was Christian. They didn't have to question whether I was a believer or not. They, say, they didn't say he called himself a Christian, but he listens to everything else everybody listens to. He watches what everybody else watches. He cusses like a, no, no. I struggle because I worked for the state, what, 20 years? I don't remember one Christian that I'll say, Lord, send somebody. And one day they had a guy that was hired. He was supposed to be a Christian. But he talked about the other, when he was with the other guys, he talked like them. And look, Chucky, I, told, I went to him. I said, man, you're supposed to be a believer. And I said, you, you're talking like that? That man started crying, man. He, the Holy Ghost had <laughs> dealt with him. But they, I was on the, on the, we had a, a, a pavilion we'd go on after work. And they would make it fun of me. They would say, oh, there comes the preacher. I, I, one says, I'm going to be the money collector in this. We're going to have a church. <laughs> I said, look. I said, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you know, I just took it. I was learning. You know, you can be a bad testimony or a good testimony. It's not that I couldn't knock the hell out of them. It just wasn't that was what God. <laughs> but it's the truth. God was, God was growing. I was growing. I was growing. You know, I left one time. I'm almost finished. It's how you act in front of this world is going to testify whether you are a Christian or not. Because you, they know. They notice automatically. I was going to go. Uh, I was, uh, when I was, I was singing, I was coming here when I was, we made that little album and stuff. And I was invited to go sing at a church. And I'm at work. I'm on pumped up. I'm ready to go. Sing for the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me, I don't want you to go. <laughs> so, I said, oh, Lord. I argued with God almost all day. I said, Lord, I'm doing this for you, Lord. I'm, I'm singing for you, Lord. He said, I don't want you to go. And I almost convinced myself that God wanted me to go, but he didn't want. I was lying to myself. And I'm not lying to you. He said, I want you in church here. Sunday morning. That Sunday morning, I came in. So I said, "Okay, God, I'm gonna go to church." I called the preacher. I said, "I can't make it." I mean, the Lord don't want us. Anyway, I got in here. There was a man that came to church. He had been telling me he was gonna come to church. You remember that, Mom? Just so happened he came that day. That's the only day he came. That's the only time he came. Well, what if I wouldn't have been here? You see, we don't want to, we, we, we think we know God. <laughs> Sometimes things he'll tell you don't make sense to, you, you, to your carnal mind. But it didn't make sense to me. I, I was going to sing for Jesus. Man, I was going to sing, you know, I was in the music stuff. I was, I was singing and stuff. And, and if I wouldn't have been here, to, you know, you know, I think that man ended up dying. He might have, he, I don't know if he made right with the Lord, but he heard the gospel, right? Came here and he heard Brother Mike preach. Now, he might have become a preacher somehow. I don't know. Before he died. But anyway, 
It doesn't make sense all the time when God tells us to do something. See, we can figure it out better, right? Sister Mal, we, we, we can, listen, God, I know, that, that you, I know what you want, but let, let, me, let me help you make this uh, happen. God don't need your help, buddy. He don't need my help. He doesn't need, he just needs us to obey him, right? Let's finish. Just write this down if you want. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, Christ is our example. Right, go ahead and read that stuff. What did Jesus do? If he was our example, he was, listen, he washed his disciples' feet. The king of all the universe. I can't, can't you imagine God taking your shoes off and washing your feet? Hmm? He served. He didn't come to be served. He says it himself, I came to serve. If you're going to be an effective Christian, you're going to have to be a servant. I don't want to be a servant. I want to be the preacher. I want to be the one on top. I want to be the boss. Well, you, you just assume get in the back of the line because that's where them kind of people are. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Okay. <laughs> first John chapter 2 verse 6 says, He who abides in him ought to walk as Jesus walked. Uh-oh. So if I'm going to be a Christian, i got to look at Jesus' life, right? I don't have to look at Brother Lanny's life. I don't look at Lloyd's life. I don't look at, listen, I want to know how Jesus walked. I want to see if Lanny's, Brother Lanny's not walking like Jesus walked, then Brother Lanny got a problem. Or you or anybody else. But you have to take an example from Jesus' life. Go, especially, especially the Gospel of John. Go look how Jesus lived his life. He never slept in a Hollywood, uh, he never slept in a, a, a whole, uh, Whole, big old hotel. Uh, what's that big hotel? Uh, Holiday Inn. <laughs> and don't say he ever ate at a four-star restaurant. <laughs> he never, listen, his life was in the dust. I know, I, I sell that stuff. The dirt, listen, he walked. One story, a little girl says, a uh, 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 well, uh, man was telling, that's how he went. A man was telling his son, son, I want you to cut your hair. He said, uh, if I'm going to buy you a car, you're going to owe baby. <laughs> he says, uh, well, Lord, uh, Daddy, uh, Jesus had long hair. And I said, he walked everywhere he went to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus walked. <laughs> he walked where he went. He said, the Son of Man had not waited to lay his head. He slept on the dirt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me preach how you can be. You can have a lot of money and have the finest houses. And fine. That's what you're hearing a lot of preachers right now. He even had one of his disciples, Judas, that was holding the money back, stealing, robbing from him right on it. He, he never rebuked Judas. Come on, Holy Ghost. He let the Holy Ghost do it. And Judas ended up hanging himself because he denied Christ. But to the walk as Jesus walked, right? I'm almost finished, I promise. <laughs> okay. All right, let me just quote these, okay? John, first, John, first John chapter 3, 1 John 3 verse 16. As he laid his life down, we ought to lay our lives down to one, for one another. That's what the Bible says, right? Go ahead and write and read that down. You want to know what you're supposed to do as a believer? And this is from Jesus. In Mark 10 verse uh, 43 
He, uh, he who uh, desires to be first, I just quote that, or great, shall be the servant of all. Go ahead and read it. John chapter 13 verse 14 says, If Jesus washed his disciples' feet, we also wash each other's feet, right? I don't want to be a servant. I want to, I want to be top dog where you're going to have to be... <laughs> You have to step to the bottom of the, the, the end of the line. That was a, that was a uh, the Bible talks about a, two boys that a father told one, says, I want you to go in the field and work today. He said, I ain't gone. And he told the other one, I want you to go. He said, I'll go with that. But the one that didn't want to go repented. And he, he went, he worked in the field and the other one didn't go. The one that said he would go. Which one think he did the will of his father? See, talk is cheap. <laughs> but when you got to back it up, <laughs> that's another story, right? I can say I'm a Christian all I want. If I go and do whatever, I'm just talking. That's all I'm doing. Come on, somebody. If I don't have the testimony of Jesus in my life, and I have the testimony of faith in my life, I'm just words. I'm just talking. But if the testimony, not only to be a hearer of the word, the Bible says, but to be a doer. This is what Jesus said. He's an example. We're to follow his example. We're to walk as he walked, right? Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Proverbs 3.24 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And what does that mean? Listen. When a person's going to sacrifice for you, he loves you, right? When a person's going to get out of his way to make sure you're happy and have what you need, that's a brother. Those that say, well, I love you, Brother Lanny. Never pray for me, never encourage me, never try to lift me up, try to help me if I need it. That's just words. The example is that those that stick with you, those that, that sacrifice and suffer with you, that's a real brother. Okay. I, I'm almost finished. Seriously, I'll just, I'll just let me just quote. <laughs> In Matthew 12, verse uh, 50, whosoever does the will of the Father is Jesus' brother, sister, or mother. Remember when the... When the, when the, uh, when the Jesus' brothers and sisters came, and the people, they thought he was crazy. People were flocking to him. He, was, he says, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside. They want to talk to you. He said, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? He said, he looked around, the, around and he said, these are those that do the will of God are my mother, my brother, and my sister. You got to do something, right? Those that do what? The will of God. Romans 12, 1, and this one hurts to me the most. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. <laughs> Be holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. What you have to do with your life, you have to present it as a sacrifice. When you get born again and you start serving the Lord, things change. You're going to have to stop doing some things. You have to sacrifice some things, right? Old friends, old ways, old religions, old, the whole work. Remember I talked about trying to put that old life into that new wineskin? It ain't going to happen. 
You can't bring your old life into the new wineskin. You can't bring your old life into the into walk with Jesus. When you get born again, if, if, if you ain't changed, you ain't saved. Oh, <laughs> that old black preacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, I'm preaching now. Hallelujah. If you ain't changed, <laughs> you ain't born again. There has to be a change, right? Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. And I'm going to finish with this one. And you don't have to turn now. Joshua 24, 15. If it seem evil in your heart to obey the Lord, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Now, most people say, oh, man, it's time to come to Jesus, man. My whole life is stopped. Man, my bills are piling up. Jesus is, I mean, everything is going bad. And my wife left me. My husband left me. My children are going already. Listen, so I've been serving Jesus. I've not nothing but suffering. Choose this. If you think the Lord is evil, choose. Who are you going to serve today? No. <laughs> choose today. Because I can assure you by a testimony that he is the greatest thing in my life. If I wouldn't have had him when I was going through some stuff, I'm going to tell you something. I'd be dead today. I would not give one nickel or one flip for the world I see today. I watch it happen over and over. I'm seeing people die. I'm seeing people's lives destroyed because they don't want to follow his book. They don't want people around me that are, that are the, listen, there's one lady I talked about years ago. I, I felt a word of the Lord. I said, your children are going to ruin you. Right now, they, they're just about running her out of her house. As they grew up, they, they're rebellious. They don't want to listen. Now, I didn't do that because I, because I know she wouldn't receive it because she'd be mad. She said, Sometimes you tell people they don't like it. You might say something that they don't like. Who do you think you are, you self-righteous, holy than thou? Listen, if God tells you to speak, speak. Now, what they do with it, that's their own business, all right? But for right now, my greatest testimony is my life. Seriously. Your greatest testimony is how you live for God. You don't think that people don't see you coming to church every Sunday? Come on. You don't see people notice you talk about God more than anybody? You talk about Jesus? Listen, if you go to work and you, Jesus never comes out your mouth, oh, or you go in your daily walk with, and Jesus never comes out your mouth. Sometimes I'm in Walmart. I mean, Janice, we're having a revival in the parking lot. Hallelujah. We, want, we got to testify this. Sometimes we're in the middle of the aisles and we can, we, no, I'm telling you, Jesus, when we talk about the Lord, about the Holy Ghost, what God is doing. Hey, we, we're bouncing on. We meet a couple, some people sometimes. Well, we have a good. That makes the, the trip to Walmart all. all Okay, because when I go there, I don't feel like staying. <laughs> I want to get in and get out. But when I start talking about Jesus to somebody, and then the other Christians come around, and we got a little pack together, oh, we have, we have in church, man. Oh, right in the middle of Walmart, hallelujah. Have you paid the price that needs to be paid to serve the Lord? And I'm talking about your life, okay? I'm not talking about money, nothing like that. I'm talking about what kind of example or testimony are you leaving when they look at you, could they tell you're a Christian? If you, if you was put on trial for being a Christian, would you be guilty? <laughs> I'm finishing. <laughs> no, seriously. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would you be guilty? Okay. Let's stand up. Praise God.
I know sometimes it's more encouraging, but I, I want to I, I see you walk for the Lord. Seriously, I, I know what it takes. I've been, in the, I've been in this boat long enough. You know, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. You know how he walked on the water? He had to step out the boat. He sunk because he's, he, but he, you know what? at least he walked on the water. We pick on old Peter, he sunk, but he walked. You ever walked on the water? He got out the boat and he saw the winds coming, the storms coming. What happened? Ploosh. And Jesus had to put him, why did you doubt? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But at least he walked. <laughs> I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry, dead Christian in a boat. <laughs> you want to see that again? I don't know if I can. I better be a wet water walker than a dry, dead Christian sitting in the boat with no faith. At least I walked. <laughs> Might have sunk, but I, I walked, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. You just bow your head a minute. Just, just, that's between you and the Lord, seriously. How serious is your walk with God? How much have you paid to walk this walk? You know, when new Christians come to the Lord, I mean mission is to get them started, right? Our main mission is to, to say this is what the Lord expects of us. You can have the best life in the world. The Holy Spirit is present in your life. Listen, nothing does me better when God speaks to me. I, I love that, that spirit because, and I love that when he talks to me because I know I'm on the right track, okay? And if I'm off the right track, he'll get me back on it, right? But is it evil for you to serve the Lord? <laughs> Come on, think about that. Think about, is, is, is God made your life miserable? Look at the world. Is the world happy? Is the world at peace? Is the world solving humanity's problems? I, won't, I don't, listen. I can be of this world, but not be of it. I can be in it. And if that's what the world's offering, when I see out there, they can keep it. I'd rather live my life with Jesus, serving the Lord. And listen, one day, them trumpets are going to sound, brothers and sisters. Sooner than we think. <laughs> He's going to say, well done, faithful, good servant. Entered. Listen, that's the most important words I'm going to hear. I made it. <laughs> I've crossed. The, I've made it into glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll never have to see death or sickness or disease or no, any problems because Jesus is going to be the light of that place. Amen. Listen, the Bible says in the New Jerusalem, and, and it, says, it says, there won't need be need of the sun because the, the, the light, the sun, Jesus, the, the Father is going to be the light of it. Right? Never, ever to see suffering, doubt, unbelief, fear. Sickness, disease, aging, <laughs> kidney stones, ever. <laughs> Think about it. But between there and now, there's a devil. And believe me, if you're not cautious, he's there to dethrone you. He's there to take everything. He, he wants to steal your life and your soul and take you to hell with him. <sighs> but I don't know about you, but I plan on fighting. I've invested too much in this faith to, to give it up. Right? How long? How long? Listen, I said 39 years from, but the answer to Kathy been here, and a lot of them have been here since 
the church started. How many years? God, I was looking at the papers when I took the church. Right until the 1970s. That's a long time. Been fighting this thing. I don't plan on quitting, y'all. I don't plan on giving up. But God has given us a direction. If we can follow that direction. You know, the devil told Jesus, just throw yourself off. When he put him, was tempted him 40 days and 40 nights. This is written. You know, he'll give his angels charge concerning. Tell the, devil was, the devil was using the word of God against Jesus. You know the devil's going to use the word of God against you? If you don't know what you, you, don't know what you have in Christ, he's going he's to destroy you. And Jesus told him, he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Think about what Jesus was telling the devil himself. You're not going to live but by the word of God. You're not going to live by, you're going to live by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what the mouth of God is? This. Come on, somebody. You know what God's will is for your life? His word. Don't look to Dr. Spock. Don't look to Dr. Phil. Don't look to Ophra. Don't look, no, they, they didn't even say to people. They don't know God. Look to the word. If you're looking for an answer, look to the word. Because I'm going to live by the word of God and everything that proceeds out of his mouth.